2: Yes, we do. And it was a super fun episode, kind of different than what we normally do, but super fun.
0: Yes. And she, she is a reader and a podcaster and Mm -hmm. she and a friend podcast about Jane Austen. And so Mm -hmm. we talked to her about what about Jane Austen, you know, romance and things like that. Mm -hmm. But then we also talked to her about how she connects with people and like finding your like niching down and niching down again, and, yeah. and how you can find people and connect with people
2: mm-hmm.
0: that maybe you couldn't find other ways, but you can find them through podcasting, right? right. And um, it was just lots of fun. We had it was we did.
2: We had a lot of fun. What's the name of the podcast again?
0: Hers is called All the Thing About Austin. Yes, the thing and about Austin. Yeah. I was I was
2: thinking all about Austin, but. I knew yeah. that wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. the thing about yeah. Austin.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it's really good. It's so entertaining. It's very mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. And if you are at all interested in Jane Austen, mm-hmm. I would recommend giving it a listen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and they
2: have mm-hmm. a pretty big following. So I would, if you're interested in podcasting mm-hmm. or connecting with readers, I would say give it a listen too, yeah. because. Um, Yeah, they do. They do just such a great job with that. Yeah.
0: And we talked to her about branding too, because Mm -hmm. their branding is excellent. And we talked, she talked about how um, it's her co-host that does the images for the Mm -hmm. podcast. They have a big Instagram following. And so we talked about how your image can convey Mm -hmm. the tone of your podcast. It's very similar to a book cover and how a book cover has to convey the feeling of the book. Mm -hmm. Sarah and
2: I were uh, a bit convicted that we... (laughs) Had maybe skipped that step. So. so
0: so you may see a podcast art update soon. <laughs> In fact, we may reach out to the co-host and see if she wants to help us.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't have any updates. We're going to give you all a break this week because we're recording this back to back with last week updates because mm-hmm. Sarah's about to leave to go to London. So when she gets back, we will hear all about it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. It was really fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's Diane. Today, we were really happy to have Diane new with us today. Hi, Diane. How are you?
1: Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, we're so glad you're
2: here. This is going to be fun.
0: Yes, I think so. I'm excited about talking to you about all things Austin and mm-hmm. podcasting. <laughs> so let me read your bio real quick. Diane New is an enthusiastic Janeite who first discovered Jane Austen at the age of 12. This childhood obsession persisted, eventually leading to a BA and an MA in English literature. As the co-host of the Thing About Austen podcast, she now has a delightfully nerdy outlet for sharing her Jane Austen love.
2: (laughs) I love it. It's true. (laughs) I just love that so
1: much. Sometimes you have to create a space for yourself. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, the thing about Austin isn't your first podcast. How did you get into podcasting about books or for readers?
1: I think even though reading is largely a solitary activity, Mm
0: -hmm. if
1: you're somebody who loves books and loves to read, there's a strong likelihood that you probably love to talk about books. and. (laughs) You know, that's the social aspect of reading, at least for me. That's something I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I was missing that. You know, it was several years past graduate school. I was at home with a young child and I was looking for a bookish community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they say it's hard to make friends as an adult. (laughs) <laughs> but one way to make friends is to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least in my case, you know, I yes. started this podcast that was all about discussing formative books from childhood. And because of that, I ended up joining Instagram and discovering Bookscram, which was a thing I didn't even know existed. I I had zero social media mm-hmm. up until that point. Mm-hmm. And it was just so delightful to discover this entire community of fellow book nerds. I mean, really like a lot of book nerds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so I started making some connections there, including having some people on as guests. And through that community, I made some very close friends. So Mm -hmm. so yeah, that first bookish podcast was really about me, I think, looking for community and connection and also for where I was in my life at that point, just wanting something fun and creative to Mm -hmm. work on. So that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: I think that's fantastic. And it's a great mm-hmm. way to connect with people who are in your certain whatever you love, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's great. Yeah. So do you have any aspirations to write fiction?
1: <laughs> way to ask a question that sees right into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tempted to say no, but I'm a terrible liar. So <laughs> yeah, it's the fairly common answer of I've always wanted to be a fiction writer. You know, right, I think right. everybody who has degrees in English will yes. probably say that. Sure. Yeah. I so, totally so yeah. agree and, with that. <laughs> ever since I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. I think I spent a lot of time channeling that into academic writing, hence the degrees in English, mm-hmm. and then into the type of nonfiction writing that you do in a lot of various jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I have several physical files that are full of typed up things, and now I have a terrifying Google Drive folder that is, well, it was my secret folder, but now the internet knows about (laughs) it. So it's not a secret (laughs) anymore. And yeah, it's full of everything from pretty much completed books to some decent starts Uh to everything in between. I don't know if I'll ever actually do anything with any of it, but they're not going anywhere. So, you know, I can always decide that um, you know, I feel brave enough to to try to do something with right. it. We'll see, but yeah, it's it's just like a fun fun thing for me I right now. That. I yeah, love
0: that. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And mm. yeah, podcasting can be like an all consuming thing. So I can see yes. how it's <laughs> difficult to decide when maybe to branch into something new. So that's yeah. cool, though. It's
1: right. also just a it's a self confidence too. It's kind of like oh, you write the thing, but then you have to let people read it. What? Mm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's super hard. Mm-hmm. What a terrifying thought, you know. <laughs> I really think they're gonna love it. Yeah. some
2: people do, but some people don't.
1: And I just, I don't think that people understand for writers who put their writing out there how brave that is. Yeah. I just, I look at writers who who put their work out there. I'm like, that is so brave. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I just think it's incredible.
0: Yeah,
2: well yeah. thank you because we've both done it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm just I gonna agree. say thanks. Yeah it is
0: very few people understand that except people who are writers or who want to write. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Just, yeah yeah it's really hard.
2: Mm. <laughs> well uh so you started the first podcast, but then you started the thing about Austin. And what do you think the appeal of Jane Austen? Is for people and why are her books still so popular after all this time?
1: That is such a multifaceted question. <laughs> I could is? keep you here all day long talking about this, but Take <laughs> I think there's so many ways to answer this and mm-hmm. approach it. Mm-hmm. If you do any kind of scan of nonfiction work related to Jane Austen, mm-hmm. particularly the titles that are taking more of the cultural analysis angle. Mm-hmm. You'll see that there are a lot, a lot of opinions and thoughts on this. <laughs> right, it's something right. that people love to debate. Right. Um, yeah. For me, I would say number one, her stories are so human. If you mm-hmm. read a Jane Austen novel, you mm-hmm. recognize those characters. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. maybe have a sibling like mm-hmm. that, or mm-hmm. yes. know somebody in town who's exactly like that character. Right. You maybe have the misfortune of having a Mrs. Elton type as a coworker, or right, <laughs> or even worse. <laughs> right. We're potentially set up on a date once with a Mr. Collins. And Mm -hmm. for that, I am so sorry for you. (laughs) So, you know, we know those characters. We see them in our real life. So I I think that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. I also think that so many of the themes and the conflicts in her books do still translate to our modern lives, you know, know, this Mm -hmm. many years later, Mm -hmm. you know, the tension within Mm -hmm. families, the trying to figure out your way in social situations, (laughs) trying to balance competing interests, you know, all of that. Um, And then finally, I firmly believe that one of the reasons why Jane Austen is still so popular are the romantic elements Mm -hmm. in many of her novels, particularly something like Pride and Prejudice, which Mm -hmm. by any metric is by far her most popular and well-known work. There are a lot of people who reject the idea of Jane Austen as romance, and I think that's completely valid on a personal reader level. You know, Mm -hmm. if that's not Mm -hmm. what you're reading the books for, that's fine. But I don't think that you can deny that for many readers, that is a large part of the appeal. Like that's why they're reading the books. And we can see that in the film adaptations and what Mm -hmm. they choose to focus Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, some of her novels work less well as a romance novel in our modern sense. And yeah. those are books that I'm primarily enjoying for other reasons, mm-hmm. even if there is a romantic plot line. So right. something like Mansell Park, for example. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if we're talking Pride and Prejudice, that's basically your novelistic template for an enemies to lovers romance. Like right. yes. it's all there. Mm-hmm. Persuasion is a classic second chance romance. Right. Um, so I think readers love that. So mm-hmm. even if you're someone who doesn't see her work as romance, I mm-hmm. think you have to understand that that is part of what people are seeking out. And right. I don't know, if you're writing Jane Austen fanfic, it's probably heavy on the romance, right? That That's mm-hmm. what people want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm.
2: I love what you said about uh, the, uh, the family thing. Mm-hmm. It, and I think that's what I love a lot about her books is that You have this heroine. I mean, of course, you see it in Pride and Prejudice very clearly, but Mm -hmm. it's in a lot of her other books too. Is that this heroine who is different from her family, yet she loves her family, but she does know her family isn't socially acceptable. And it's that balance of being Mm -hmm. loyal to her family and yet still wanting to be happy, you know, and stuff. And so I love
1: that. It is universally, it's a universal truth, as they would say. <laughs> as, as the saying goes. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. I, I think also just Jane Austen is funny. Yes, the, she's funny. The wit, yeah. the sharp yeah. commentary, there's so yeah. many quotable lines. And that all still carries through to mm-hmm. readers today. She, She is an author who had books that were easily translated into Etsy merchandise before that was a thing.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Like, like, she's also somebody that I think I would like to hang out with because she's kind of snarky, and I mm-hmm. like that. I like that in people. So. It's the
1: whole if you don't have anything nice, to nice say. to say, come yeah. sit by me. I yes. am about to say. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's um, a,
2: that is a Southern saying.
1: So.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is so true. I think that you've hit a lot of the points that I think of when I think of Jane Austen, and on the like uh, original romance. I remember the first time I read Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and there's the scene where Elizabeth basically says, I would never marry you, even if you were the last man on earth. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, Oh, this is probably <laughs> the first time anybody ever said that, you know, like in a book. And now it's like something that's so common. Okay. Your um, say so your podcast about Jane Austen is such a unique take on the subject. So how did you and your co-host Zan come up with the concept for the thing about Austen?
1: I have been slowly working away on a Jane Austen project and very slowly. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. as part of that, there were all these little bits and pieces that didn't necessarily fit with what I'm working on, but that I wanted to find a home for. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And at the same time, Nozana and I have been friends for a very long time. And we would be having these nerdy chats where some of this would come up. She is a modernist by training and Irish literature is her focus. that's what her PhD is in. But as she likes to say, her play authors are Elizabeth Gaskell and Jane Austen so <laughs> that's that's when she's having party times basically yeah. <laughs> and so she's a longtime Jane Knight and someone I could have these conversations with and you know Jane Austen is going to come up mm-hmm. as she often does. so so I don't know one day I just finally said, hey, we should turn this into a podcast. Mm-hmm. And lucky for me, she agreed. And the full concept actually came together very quickly. We knew we wanted to focus on these little mentions or individual lines of text within Mm -hmm. the novels Mm -hmm. and focus on both explaining the historical significance of the object, place, whatever it is that we're talking about, and then on discussing it within the context of of the novel. We did spend a couple of months thinking through structure new branding, all of that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the podcast you listen to now is quite similar to our original idea, really. Um, yeah, it, it did come together pretty naturally. Oh, that's and true. shout out to Zan's husband who gave us the idea for our episode naming convention. We were like, what are we going to title these episodes? <laughs> How are we going to keep it from getting too unwieldy? And he's all, why don't you just call it the thing about... Blank, mm-hmm. like whatever the topic of that episode is. Yeah. It's like perfect. Don't yes. have to think about it. That's <laughs> right. It's straightforward. It's recognizable for listeners. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what we did.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's the little things in podcasting that um throw like throw you off a little bit. We'll we'll struggle over the title of something and or just little things that mm-hmm. you know, it's the big concept. We're like, oh yeah, let's do that. And then <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. It took
0: crazy. us a while though to come up with our concept. So, yeah, and is. I think that's important. Like, if you niche down, then yeah. you have readers who are very interested in your specific thing. And I think your podcast is really interesting because it's like you talk about the physical items that Jane Austen talks about. So, it's very interesting for a historical mm-hmm. perspective on things. But then it's also interesting, I would say, if you're a writer, um, definitely go listen to the podcast because you talk about how the things that she used reveal character. Mm. Um, like one of my favorite episodes recently was the one about the pug. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you get the whole historical context and then it, she Jane Austen used these things to reveal character. Mm-hmm. I just thought it's just a really cool concept and it's appealing to multiple on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. So very cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. that That's the goal, right. Is to, to try to make some of those things come alive Mm -hmm, for, for -hmm. readers of the novel. And it is extremely niche. It is an extremely (laughs) niche podcast, not only for Jane Austen fans, but I think even within the Jane Austen community, Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's fairly niche, but I don't know if there seem to be enough people who, (laughs) who are into that type of very specific um, niche nerdery. So (laughs) yeah. Say that 10 times. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of readers, um, what advice would you give authors who want to do a podcast for readers? Because like, I feel like for Sarah and myself, we're, we're podcasting to authors. We know what the, we know what Mm -hmm. the struggles are. We, because we live them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, for some reason, I feel like that's easier than Mm -hmm. podcasting for readers because you do have so many different tastes and you know like you said within a small niche there's even a smaller niche and, right you know, yeah so what what advice would you give
1: well i think the first piece of advice i would give which is a little bit more general in terms of podcasting is that the podcast you should be hosting is the one that if you weren't hosting it you would have serious fomo to be listening to it you know you <laughs> would be thinking you're thinking i should be doing this i i I'm the one who should be hosting this podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is such a time intensive endeavor. Right. There is a comparatively low barrier to entry in terms of figuring it out and getting started. You know, you can just do it, but right. to keep it up, it is a large undertaking and investment of time, particularly in our case where it's mm-hmm. it's just the two of us doing everything. So, you want to make sure that you have the passion there to sustain it. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Also, I think it's also okay to try small, you know, launch a limited series podcast. Maybe right. you say from the start, "Hey, there's only going to be 10 episodes of this." And then maybe you decide you want to keep doing it, but you know, you've started out kind of with that expectation. Mm-hmm. Or you do it as a series, mm-hmm. so your listeners expect there to potentially be long breaks, you know, you maybe mm-hmm. do a run of episodes, then you come back for a second season, etc. And and of course with all of that it's okay to quit if it's not working for you or serving your needs any longer. I think a lot of times people are afraid to start something because they're like, well, what if it doesn't work out? Or what if I decide I don't want to do it anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, then you just don't do it anymore. <laughs> right? It's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, and then when you're actually doing a podcast and particularly one for readers, the biggest advice piece of advice I would give is to be a good community member, engage with other podcasts and creators in your space, mm-hmm. be supportive of them, try to be generous with your time, engage with your listeners, you know, respond to their emails. We get so many (laughs) lovely emails from people that are like, have you thought of this topic? I would love to hear you cover this. And we always take that into consideration. Oftentimes it's something that's already on our list, which I let them know and say, Hey, but I'm going to put a little check next to that. So I know Mm -hmm. that there's Mm -hmm. strong, even stronger interest beyond just the two of us wanting to do it. Um, yeah, I, I, just think that all of that is really important. The other thing that is something that actually I think comes out from your podcast, something that you two have both talked about a lot is the idea that your brand is your promise to your Mm -hmm. readers. And in the case of podcasting, it is your promise to your listeners. Mm -hmm. So if they expect a certain, you know, it's okay to sort of break format occasionally Mm -hmm. or or do something kind of fun or different, but Mm -hmm. You know, we have a, a very specific thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It does seem to be working well for us and seems to be what our listeners appreciate. And so, you know, we we try to keep that in mind. We get a lot of requests um, for people who want to do kind of more straightforward publicity style <laughs> interviews, you know, yeah. and and I always respond like, well, you know, if if your guest would potentially be interested in researching a topic <laughs> and coming on and doing an episode that is related to our format. Maybe we could think
2: about <laughs> oh, that. I love that. I
1: love it. <laughs> I'm taking so, you know, notes right here. about that's that too, yeah. Exactly. A great response, yeah. Because oftentimes there are people that I'm like, yeah, I would love, you know, it's always the publicist, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who I'm love like, yeah. the author, yeah. We would love to talk to this person, yeah. but we don't do publicity interviews. That's not, that's, there are so many amazing podcasts out there for readers who do right. those types of podcasts. Right. And that's that's not what we do. Right. And And so- yeah, that that's just something I, I think just kind of because you do feel bad or at least I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I would love I would love to have mm-hmm. you on. You know, I want to be supportive of, right. of your project or work. But if we said yes to all those requests, that would be the entire podcast. We yes. That would be every episode every week. We would not have time yeah. in our production calendar to do anything else because mm-hmm. that's that's just the nature of how many of those requests you get. So Zan and I just really had to take the firm line of if it doesn't fit in with the format of our show, even if it's somebody really great, you know, Mm -hmm. like somewhere we're like, oh, wow, we would love to talk to that person Mm -hmm. that we just can't make it work.
0: Mm -mm. Yeah. Cause then you lose your focus, you know, like if, if you have a specific thing you're podcasting about, pun Mm -hmm. there, (laughs) (laughs) and you don't do that, then your readers, your listeners will think, "Hmm, that's you know, I'll skip that one. And if it happens often, then they're probably going to drift away. So
1: by and large, you know, that's that's a rule that we try to stick with Mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure that if we are doing some of those one-off episodes... You know, like we did a special episode on Austin and Romance where we interviewed B. Koch, who is one of the co-owners of the Ripped Bodice bookstore mm-hmm, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was an episode I really wanted to do. Like I reached out yeah. to her because yeah. I love her nonfiction book that she wrote and I love what they're doing. And I know that she's a huge Jay Knight. And so that was like a fun, you know, we called it like our Valentine's Day special. Right. It was a special <laughs> right, episode. Yeah. But yeah, not not getting into the habit of sort of doing those all all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that
1: makes very, total very sense. Very wise,
0: yeah. Very good advice. So yeah. thinking about how you had a solo podcast and now you have a partner that you podcast with. So um, talk to us about the differences um, between co-hosting and being a solo podcaster. Any recommendations there?
1: Well, the biggest thing with solo podcasting is it's just you. You are flying solo, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. So everything's on you. There's no backup because you are the backup. Um mm-hmm. So in every situation, you're the one who's responsible. There's nobody to sort of troubleshoot with. So mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do think that can sometimes make it harder to sustain, de- mm-hmm. depending on your topic. And again, your level of sort of passion for the subject. Right. In having a co-host, it is also like having a coworker. So mm-hmm. chemistry is really important. You have to really get along with this person both sure. on mic and <laughs> behind the scenes, because there's a lot of administrative tasks that you're going to have to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's little issues that are going to come up that you need to be able to discuss without worrying that people are going to have their feelings hurt, you know, just yeah. little little minor things. Like I need to be able to, like we had some, we've had some sound issues that we're still not certain exactly what's going on. We joke that there's a poltergeist living in Zan's house. That's like Mm -hmm. messing with her equipment, you know, and that's something that we have been able to talk about. And she's like, yeah, like, let me try this. You know, there's not that kind of, nobody's getting upset about it. You know what I mean? Like we're just Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I think having that chemistry is really important. Also, I think people can tell, you know, when people are listening to a podcast, they can tell, like, these two co-hosts are friends. They mm-hmm. like each other. Mm-hmm. They get along. You know, they have a sort of language between mm-hmm. the two of them that really comes through for listeners. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there there are several podcasts where, if you listen to it long enough, you eventually get to the point where you kind of don't actually care that much about yeah. what what the what the hosts are talking about. You know, mm-hmm. again, that's funny because I just said that I think it's kind of important to sort of stick <laughs> to your brand, but. I I sort of mean that like in in those in-between moments, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That a lot of what your listeners are listening for is for the two of you and, Mm -hmm. or however many hosts you have Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the relationship between the two of each other. So, so yeah, I I think just understanding that aspect of it, I don't know, you don't want to have a co-host that if you wouldn't want to work with that person or potentially share a cubicle with them, you maybe shouldn't start a, start a podcast with them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, is, that's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, you don't realize how much there is to do until you start doing it. And then you're like, wow, this is so, and then you have to talk about scheduling and all kinds of mm-hmm. crazy things that you probably don't think of in the beginning. So yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Like, like all of that. And I think there's somebody that you can have that relationship with and know that, They're also going to be supportive of you when life stuff comes up you know Mm -hmm. we've both Mm -hmm. had we've both had some things happen this year where we're like okay there's no episode going out this week we just we just can't do it for for whatever reason and that's fine you know Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah we're sort of the same way we're in the same boat Uh, (laughs) for Sarah
2: more than me Uh, I mean Sarah has to make allowances more than me
0: a lot of the time but um, Jamie is a pro. She will do a podcast anywhere, anytime. I'm like, I'm I in my office with the door closed, and my and Jamie's like, eh, I'll do it in the car. I, <laughs>
1: yeah, I heard the one where she's in the car. I was like, this is great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: yeah, I'll do. Well,
2: for anyone listening, I'm currently teaching swimming lessons, and I'm on an hour break, so I have my hair is wet. I'm sitting in this bedroom doing this podcast and have to get back in the pool in about 30 minutes. So yeah, um, I'll do it anywhere. I'm just like, (laughs) give me my headphones. That could account for some of our sound stuff too. That could be. yeah. Oh, well, (laughs) you do
1: what you got to (laughs) do. That's true.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, uh, do you have any um, suggestions on specific gear or, Oh, look, Great segue. Specific (laughs) gear are set up for potential podcasters because Sarah and I don't. We have no.
1: (laughs) Again, you really don't need a lot to get started. If it's something that you just want to try, you want to dip your toe in the water. Yeah. You know, record something, put it out there. That's totally fine. Right. If you do want to use an external mic, you can get a mic for I don't know, less than $50, you can get right. a, a pretty decent mic. If that's something that you want to do, if you want to just put in that little, a little bit of that investment, um, in terms of software. So we use Zencaster for our backup recordings. We both record a local recording on our computer and that's actually what I use to edit the files, but we have Zencaster in case something, you know, I just, I like to. I'm a backup type of person. (laughs) And and that's also what we use when we have a guest. That's how we're recording their audio. Um, Then the main editing software that I use is Audacity, which there is a little bit of a learning curve to use it. So if you're familiar with something like GarageBand, that is much more user-friendly. But Mm -hmm. I like Audacity because there's just a lot of features with it. Um, I will sometimes use Auphonic for some post-production stuff. I know that's something that you all use as well. Mm And there's this other tool that I really love. And so I want to put it out there just in case people want to try and use it. It's called Audiate and it's mm-hmm. an amazing tool. It's one of the best that I've used, but not good enough to justify the price. In my <laughs> opinion, it's extremely <laughs> expensive. And it's one of those where it's a license, so you don't just purchase uh-huh. it. And, you know, yeah. and again, this is... This is not like a moneymaker over here. So you know, to to kind of invest in that kind of software. I'm sure if I was editing podcasts for Spotify or something, Mm -hmm. that would be a different story. But yeah, so so there is some great software out there. Some of it you do have to pay for, some of it is free. You know, Audacity is free, Aphonic is free up to a certain Mm -hmm. point. Zencaster is also free up to a certain point. So, (sighs) you know, those those are all some of the tools that we have used. But again, it really just depends on what is important to you and right. what you you know, what you want your sound to, to sound like. Right. Otherwise really, you know, internet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: computer, those are the, those are the main <laughs> things that you use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm a big yeah. audacity fan, but that's partially because I just, I like the style of the editing, the way mm-hmm. that it works. I am big into the multitrack mm-hmm. editing so that I can, silence out things from one track without having to worry about the other track that right. is one thing about audiate i was only using it for some post-production thing i did actually try to do some actual editing in that but they combine everything into one track oh. and i was like oh i can't do that because sometimes zan and i get so excited that we start talking mm-hmm. over each other and yeah. i need to be able to add in some extra silence so that i can mm-hmm. <laughs> separate yeah. that out yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a good tip and I think definitely start with the free stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and if you love it and like, if you do a limited series, like you were talking about, or, you know, decide, Oh, I really enjoy this and I want to do it more. And maybe you do a Patreon or something. And then mm-hmm. that could be yeah. one of your, Hey, if we reach this goal, then I can use it right. to buy my equipment or something. So yeah. Yeah. There's good advice. There's
1: so much stuff out there. There are so many blogs that are just about starting up podcasts that will have like a breakdown of here's Mm -hmm, some of the tools that you might need. Here's what's free. So this is all stuff that is really easily accessible online. Um, And yeah. 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 The other thing that I would say that's a low tech thing, and that's something that Zan and I both need, (laughs) is just a sticky note that says, slow down in giant (laughs) letters. (laughs) yeah that that is on our that's on my computer screen. You know, before we record every episode, it's like take a couple breaths. okay, slow down. Right. and and that was something that I listen back sometimes to some of our earlier episodes, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we just we sound like overcaffeinated squirrels, you know? We just look so excited. We're <laughs> talking, so excited to be talking We're talking so. so fast. And what is funny is that <laughs> if you know us in real life, you would know that even those early episodes, that's still dialed back from how the two of us sound when we're just oh on the phone with each other. We talk so fast. It is, it is a Gilmore girls episode, you know, it's oh gosh, that, that kind it. of a situation. And, and yeah, so we've, we've become, and I think also, you know, you're kind of nervous. Those oh, first yeah. few episodes. Yeah. 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 We were yeah. Like, definitely nervous. Yeah. So yeah. the longer we've gone on, the more that we're kind of like, okay, slow down. You know, we, we got some of just the kindest emails from some listeners who were like, Hey, I'm not sure. Is it like a, is there like a technical glitch? Like, did you maybe like <laughs> did you see the cord on times too? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Nope, that's just us. Thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate the we'll feedback. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. know, yeah. 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 Like I really do appreciate that. I mean, yeah. especially yeah. when people are so kind about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. And then I'm like, Hey, Depending on what podcast app you're using, you can try turning us down to like 0. 0.75 yeah, if that yeah, works yeah. better for
2: you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the beginning, we were super nervous. And I, I mean, I was nervous that people were going to f- realize that I was you know, just an idiot and didn't know anything. And so two years in either I've fooled everybody or they know, and they don't care. So,
0: um, Or going, you're not an idiot.
2: Well, yeah. or I'm not an idiot. That's I think the, that's probably more likely the case. <laughs> yeah. I was just so nervous to say anything. Cause I was like, what if I say something stupid? What if I say something yeah. that
1: people will go? No, that's not,
2: everybody mm-hmm. else's do it this way. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. And, and that is something we are very cognizant of. Yeah. We double, triple check all yeah. of our quotations all of our references, yeah. everything because the Jane Austen community, if you get something oh, they wrong, will get you. they yeah. will let you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you misquote something, you you will hear from that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So.
0: Exactly. Uh, well we also <laughs> want to talk to you about branding. Exactly. So um you have the, the podcast has terrific branding. So can you tell us how that came about? And if you haven't seen it, I'd encourage people to go to your Instagram account and mm-hmm. check it out.
1: Yeah so we spent quite a bit of time before we launched the podcast you know again the concept for the podcast came together very quickly and then we spent two or three months just kind of figuring out okay what do we want the logo to look like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what sort of color scheme do we want to use for the Instagram all of that and Zan actually has a visual design background like that's something she kind of would do on the side when we were in in graduate school (laughs) so so she is a design wizard Okay. that's not the way my brain works at mm-hmm. all. So she was kind of like, okay, here's kind of the concept that I have. Here's what I'm I'm thinking of. And she was sending me some sort of I don't know,
0: kind of lookups like, like or something. Yeah,
1: well like a like a Pinterest board except for it was in a Google Doc, you know? What yeah. I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, here, here's a collage of some images that I'm I'm sort of thinking of for inspiration. And and then here are some potential color palettes. So she kind of gave me a couple options and she, cause she was like you know i'm good with any of this like what do you think and kind of went back and forth on it again with the bulk of the kind of actual creative work coming from her because that is just not my skill set at all right <laughs> so uh so yeah so that's kind of that's how that came together in terms of on the logistics side i think in terms of what we were going for The podcast is a little bit cheeky, you know, like we are providing this historical context and we're trying to get all of our information accurate. But the whole point of the podcast is trying to bring a lot of the stuff that's maybe mostly been accessible to academics or Mm -hmm. some of this work that a lot of people maybe haven't seen before Mm -hmm. and making it more digestible Mm -hmm. for a a general audience. So, you know, the tone is a little bit, you know, we're trying to be a little bit. Yeah. We're trying to be a little bit fun with things. So, you know, the neon colors, all of that kind of played into that. So um, yeah, that is, that's kind of was, was the idea behind the aesthetic and and how that all came together. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it really does. It It conveys that it's not going to be stuffy. And I I'm like you, I don't have those design skills and it just goes to show that if you have that, someone to help you with that or you hire somebody to do that you mm-hmm. can convey what the tone through the images kind of like book covers it's yeah. the same kind of thing yeah, yeah.
2: that's a, that's so great and yeah if um I'm not gonna read a commentary um <laughs> I'm not so <laughs> even if I really love the subject I'm not going to read a commentary so yeah. having someone break it down for me that I so it's digestible in an entertaining way would be Awesome!
1: Yeah,
2: so, yeah, I, I love that y'all do that. Um, you and your co-host are active on social media. Do you have a process for creating social media content and sharing it? I'm sure our re- our listeners want to <laughs> know that.
1: So we usually talk about it after we have maybe finished recording an upcoming episode. After that, we'll sort of discuss the episode that's currently out, and you know what are the images that we might need for this episode. Sometimes. Zan has an idea and runs with it. Sometimes I have an idea and I say, "Hey, could you make this happen?" Sometimes and she always does. It's it's like magic. I will I will give her some of just the most bananas ideas. I'm like, "I this is a little high concept. But what do you think about this?" <laughs> She's kind of like, "Yeah, okay." And then <laughs> and then she makes it happen. Um, oh my gosh. And then sometimes both of us are kind of like, "Yeah, what are potential images for this subject that mm-hmm. maybe isn't um, you know, it's hard to there's some episodes where it's harder to think of compelling images Mm -hmm. to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll spend a little bit of time kind of brainstorming that, but again, she's the one doing the design work, you know, figuring out the color palette Mm -hmm. and how things should work. Um, She puts all of the designs in this tool called plan P L A N N. So that's Mm -hmm. what we use for organizing ourselves. She puts the images in there and she'll let me know. And then I write the captions um, and the, you know, any of the kind of, Wordy content that needs to go along with it, and post that to Instagram. So the way that we've kind of split up, who runs what? She runs the Twitter. I don't even get on there. I don't. I don't even know what the password is. <laughs> uh-huh. just, that's that's her thing. Uh-huh. Uh, she was already on Twitter because academic Twitter is uh-huh. very much like there's a large community on there. So she did that. I was already on Instagram with my own bookstagram, and so I already had a large community there. So. Uh-huh. I took charge of the Instagram. So that's how we kind of divide that up. Other than the images themselves, which we do talk about in terms of the rest of it, like we don't have kind of like a, a content schedule or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not telling her, hey, you need to tweet this or you need to make sure you retweet that. She's not telling me what i should be posting to stories or anything like that. You know, we kind mm-hmm. of have charge of our own oh, domains.
2: That's yeah. That's yeah. very That's very wise too because uh that cuts down on conflict. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's
0: really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been just great just getting So to to
2: fun. You. Yeah. Delving I into really love it. Yeah. So I have loved it very
0: much. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you and the thing about Austin?
1: You can find us on our website, which is thethingaboutaustin.com altogether. And if you want to see this grid of the full grid of Instagram images, you can go to the Austin altogether, also on Instagram. And our Twitter is Austin underscore things, because the thing about Austin was too long for Twitter's <laughs> handle rules. So yes. that's what we had to do there. Yeah, And yeah. And if for whatever reason you want to connect with me personally, you can find my bookstagram shaped by stories, Diane. All together.
0: All right. Well, that is fantastic. I'll have all the links in the show notes, and those will be at wishidknownthenpodcast And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast, and to Adero Wiggins for doing all the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.